who claim to be my friends, who claim that they care so much about me, you can't claim to love me as a person who is of color, who is a woman, and actively work against me by voting for Trump. Hey guys, welcome back to Rachel Profiling. I am so excited to talk to you guys this week. As you know, this fall is election season, or actually we're already in election season, and we have a very big vote coming up in November. So I brought on one of my good friends, Matthew Orgel. Is it Orgel or Orgel? Orgel, yeah. Okay, fun. <laughs> I'm always scared of saying it wrong. Today, because we both are Democratic, we both uh, are very, I'd say vocal about yeah. our stances when I it comes so. to, you know, just policy and also our support for the Democratic ticket. So that is the big ticket, if you will, today, because there's been a lot of divide within the Democratic Party, and I want to bring Matt on to talk about things, because the way that we approach getting to the end result or the end idea is very different, but he's also very well-spoken and is very vocal about his beliefs, and I love what he talks about on Instagram and everything. You've probably heard me talk about him, especially if you follow me on Instagram or you watch my YouTube videos. You may know him because he's always releasing bangers. He is a songwriter at Berkeley College of Music, but I will let you introduce yourself a little bit. Sure. Um, yeah, so I'm Matthew Orgel. I'm 19 years old. I'm a singer-songwriter uh, studying at Berkeley College of Music. Um, and I am incredibly first happy to be here, but also happy that we're talking about such an important issue. Yes. Okay. Let's just jump right in. The first question I wanted to ask you is where do you set yourself politically? Like, I feel like at this point, there are a lot of different subcategories, subgenres, uh, more specific terms and ways to identify yourself. So what would you say you are? Sure. So the way I see it, in, in my mind, the Democratic Party is split into, you know, it's a spectrum. So towards the center, towards the towards the right is the moderate. Mm-hmm. Um, then as we go on, we have liberal, progressive, and then there's that sort of socialist side of the, yeah. the new kind of new wave of, of the Democrat Party. Um, so I would say I'm somewhere between the moderate liberal side. Okay. Um, closer to the center, but um, I mean, some of my views align with the far left as mm-hmm. well. So you get a grasp on kind of where we're both coming from when we talk about and we have this conversation. I'm a little bit more socialist, progressive, liberal. I think I just literally said all three of them. <laughs> but I'm, I'm very... <laughs> I understand what you mean. Yeah, more I'm, towards the left I'm of very, the spectrum. Yeah, I'm very yeah. far left in my beliefs, I feel like. So I want to ask you, what is your original pick for president and why? Well, my original pick for president was Elizabeth Warren. Um, she is the most liberal senator in the Senate, um, based on her voting history. Um, so, I mean, clearly I do have views that align with that, that liberal way of thinking. Um, I think that Elizabeth Warren, I, I mean, I fell in love with her because of her energy and her, um, I think she's likable. Um, I got really excited about her campaign. Um, I think she's an incredibly well-spoken woman, brilliant woman, um, outstanding debater. I think she was arguably, maybe her and Kamala probably were the best the best on that stage. I'd throw Tulsi in there. Yeah, she, she had some good points too. Um, but I just overall, I mean, her policy is obviously very, very left. Um, but the thing that I like about that is, is she had concrete plans to get there. And I believed in those plans. And I've seen I've seen her work in the past, and I know that she has been such an important champion for the progressive movement. And I mean, I, I think it's time for a female president. So oh, I, I very much agree. <laughs> I think that she, in my opinion, she was she was my favorite option. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I love what you how you back that up and what you believed in. And also, I remember I remember so vividly. Oh my gosh, you came over before pre-pandemic Matt is actually back for the fall and that's why we're able to do this podcast in person if you've been listening to Rachel profiling you know that it's been a little wickety wonkety on zoom and whatnot (laughs) so I'm just so excited about this episode in general but yeah Matt came over maybe March I'd say and you had a picture of Warren for your background on your phone yeah 
And well, I now just, I have Biden and Harris. Yes. Can we talk about when I came over to see your apartment for the first time yesterday? Yes. And I pulled up and I walk over. Matt and I are neighbors now. How fun and fresh is that? Two buildings away. I'm yes. So excited. Of course, we're still being safe during social distancing, and we're still living in the middle of a pandemic. I hope you'll remember that. But please wear masks. Everybody. Yes. Uh, but I've kind of, I don't know how, we're kind of going off track, but this is a whole conversation. So I don't know how you're thinking about approaching seeing people this fall, but I really only think I'm going to see you and like our circle of friends, which is maybe like seven people at most, but obviously not everyone at the same time. Right. That's so exactly just my way of thinking. to give some context. So you're not like Rachel's wilding out around Boston now that everyone's back. No, ma'am. We're staying safe. <laughs> but anyways, I pulled up to Matt's apartment yesterday and i walk into his room he's showing me his room and everything and bam right smack on top of his bed the first wall you see when you enter is a huge biden for president flag yeah which i just gotta kick up because i just i don't know i love i love how you keep up that same energy and you mentioned to me that if even if it wasn't biden if it was bernie if it was warren if it was someone else you would have their flag up there yeah so from the beginning of the Democratic primary, I made a promise to myself, since it's my first time voting, I wanted it to be important. Um, and I don't think there has been a more important election than the one that we're coming up on. Oh, for sure. On. Um, but I promised myself that whoever the Democratic nominee was, I would support them. If the Democratic nominee was was this microphone that we're speaking into, <laughs> I would have I had a microphone sign above my bed. Um, that's not to say that I support all of Joe Biden's policy. Um, I don't think it's fair to say that, you know, you can support 100% of anyone's policy. Yeah. Even your favorite candidate. Um, however, I wanted to get that flag um, because, actually a very simple reason. So I believe that, that the Trump campaign is filled with lies, hate, sexism, racism, misogyny, anti-Semitism, everything... Every ism. That every ism, every... Not Rachelism, though. Oh, not Rachelism. Um, <laughs> That's the one we stand. Um, every, everything that you're taught not to do in kindergarten, our president does. He's a bully. Agreed. He And he's all of those things. He he is a narcissist. He's a pathological liar. <clears throat> Kung flu. He's an incredibly... He's, he's xenophobic. He's, he's everything that you... T- you you know, you teach people not to be. Basic morals, essentially. So, and, you know, his campaign is filled with all that negativity. And part of me feels like the people that support him want to prove that, want to feel like they're in the right. So they get these, you know, Make America Great Again hats and these Trump 2020 flags. And so I wanted to be the complete 180 of that. Um, I didn't get it from his website. I got it off of Amazon for like $9. Um, Oh, the Biden flag? Yeah. Um, Because... I truly believe that his campaign and the I I believe that his campaign stands for everything that the Trump campaign doesn't. I think it's the complete 180. And a lot of people might disagree with me on that, but I stand by that and I I can explain why. I mean, I think that um the campaign is full of diversity. You know, we have the first black and South Asian woman um on a major party ticket. Um, the first woman Kamala, yeah. um, would be the vice, you know, in the White House if they're elected, and I think that, you know, the way, listen, you can you can disagree with with a lot of Joe Biden's policy, and I don't fault you. You know, he's he's more moderate, but now he's he's going liberal. I don't know where you know where wherever you stand, you might disagree, and that's totally fine. You know, you can disagree on policy, whatever. The way that our president speaks is so harmful to to society to because you're supposed to lead by example and the things that he says the way that he brags about grabbing women and mm. the way that he you know speaks about you know women as like miss piggy and and all these negative things about women and and black people that he said and and bad hombre you know like that's yeah. a derogatory statement that was not meant in a in a you know in an endearing way and it's his rhetoric. That's the very first thing that I think you need to look at before you get into policy. Look, I am a Democrat, and I'm a, I'm, I, it would take a lot for me to vote Republican, I think, oh, just sure. because a lot of 
a lot of my, you know, the social issues at this point in life, since I'm not paying taxes and I'm, you know, I'm not saying that's not going to change, but the social issues are what matters to me because I am growing up in this world that I want to feel safe and comfortable in and I want my friends to feel safe and comfortable in and I want everyone to feel safe and comfortable in. So obviously the social issues, the human rights issues that shouldn't even be political but are, are my main concern. So, and I align with more with the Democratic Party on that. So not even talking about the economy. But disregarding all policy, the president needs to know how to talk to people. The president needs to be a good role model because that's the highest office in the world. And right now, it's held by you know, a failed businessman who, whose claim to fame was being a, you know, a celebrity judge on a TV show and who has his entire administration pretty much has gone to jail. His secretary of education doesn't know anything about school. His postmaster general doesn't even know how much it costs to send a letter. So clearly his judgment is off. Um, he's unfit to be president. And look, before, and you know, anyone can argue when I made that post on Instagram, people were commenting, but this, but then, you know, the economy, the economy, but all, oh, this, this thing he did, this thing he did. Sure. Let's, let's say in, in some dystopian world that he did all of that stuff that they claim he did. He didn't, but let's say he did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care at all if he's not a good person. That's the number one thing for me is I want a good person to lead our country. And you can, I think you can say what you want about Joe Biden. You can say whatever you want about him. But I think that the one thing that's been made clear throughout this election cycle is that everybody who knows him and has spoken out, even those who, who are on the opposite side, have said that he is like the most kind, decent person that they've ever met. Look, I know that he has, you know, had a, had some things in the past. Some controversies. He's been in politics for, what, 47 years, 42 years, something like that. Of course, it's going to happen. The way politics works is, you know, you make compromises. You you add things to other bills to, to get votes. You know, like, if you're presented with a bill that has, like, three bad things, you say, all right, maybe I'll vote for this, but you have to add this one good thing. So, like, you're getting the good thing passed. You're, you're voting for the bad things, but you're, you're doing good also. So it's a give and take. And a lot of people say that politicians are corrupt. You can say that. But I think... The thing that's been made clear is is that he's a good, kind, decent man. And after the DNC, what I saw on Fox News was, you know, Eric Trump and and I think it was um, it was one of the one of those one of the hosts. Yeah, I think um, I know who you're talking about. Saying like, what they're they're running on the campaign of kindness and the soul of the nation, like that's important. Yeah, I think it, it is. really is. I think that that really is. And I'm not saying that Joe Biden was the best choice. He wasn't my first choice. Wasn't my second choice. Wasn't even my third choice. But I believe that he's a good man, and I believe that he will do a good job as president, and I believe that his, you know, his VP choice proves his, his judgment is good. I mean, I think that Kamala Harris is ready to lead on day one. I, first of all, I love how you approached all of that. There are a lot of points I want to kind of divulge in a little bit more. First of all, with, I couldn't agree with you more that we just need a good person. Mm-hmm. There, time and time again, Trump has shown just what a... I can't, I, I, I will, we could divulge into it, but I think you all know what I'm saying. Every, if you were in any marginalized group, any, you know, any community that you stand by, that you were a part of, he most likely has said some derogatory things towards it. And I think Joe Biden, I also agree, was not my first choice. Bernie was. I think it is a good step forward, and like you said, it's all about compromise. I think there's a reason, I there's a reason why we have a Republican and a Democratic party, and it's because discourse is important. And of course, we are so far gone from where they originally wanted that to be when they first made these two parties, etc. But I think, especially for the Democratic party right now, we need to talk about how discourse is good. Now, going into a little bit more about Joe Biden and Kamala. I, oh, one point I wanted to make when you mentioned how Trump speaks about women is a lot of the conversation that 
the right brings up and Trump supporters bring up because I lived in Texas, so I do have some people who which could turn blue. Yes, so which please very vote, much vote, register and vote. My friends, people. y'all know Austin, Houston. We're kind of doing the switch. We got Sylvester Turner in there, but anyways, I still see posts that support Trump, and a lot of them are just they're just so anti Biden and such forth. But the argument that they make is creepy old Joe. Creepy old Joe, pedophile, etc., which I personally don't want to dive into too much on this episode because I feel like there's a lot more policy things we should talk about, especially Mm. when it comes to the Democratic Party. But my argument with that is, how are you going to say that for Joe Biden when Trump has literally said that, grab women by the pussy? Right. It doesn't make sense. Look, and yes, but I think you could even go further with that. And Mm -hmm. I think that you can say that there's, you know, there's something to be said about, um, you know, an older man who is very touchy. And I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm not. Let me just put that out there. People need to, men especially, but everybody needs to know and respect that you can't touch somebody if they don't want you to touch them. That is not okay. It's never been okay. It will never be okay. It was, you know... There was a different time when, you know, people would hug and, you know, handshake and pat on the back and different things, and especially in politics, you know, the the kissing babies thing. You know, that's like yeah. a classic, you know, the mayor kisses the baby or the president kisses the baby. Um, I hope that this isn't my view as a male, and that's, I hope that that isn't the only reason that I think this, but part of me thinks that that's what that is. Um... And I'm not saying that there's no, you know, I'm not saying it's not creepy. I'm not saying it's not wrong, but I'm saying it's not malicious. I think there's a fine line. I think there's a very fine line. I agree with that. And I think especially where we are today, people just need to be more conscious of how they treat one another, how they touch one another, you know, consent, approach, everything. So on the grand scheme of that, I want to go back to Joe Biden and Kamala I just want to finish one okay. point that I had was there's something to be said. Yes, touching little girls or anyone that doesn't want to be touched is creepy and wrong and ridiculous. And I don't, you know, so wrong. And I'm, I would never, ever defend anybody who touched anyone inappropriately that didn't want to be touched or unconsensually because that is mind-boggling. How, yeah. Um, so, and obviously I don't know Joe Biden. Um, I'm just going off of the videos that I see of him smelling girls' hair, and obviously that's creepy. That is creepy. Yeah. There's no way around that that's creepy. Um, I don't think it's malicious. I don't think he was, you know, preying on those young girls. Um, I could be wrong, and that could be my narrow view as a male. Um, I hope it's not. But I do want to say that he, right from the beginning of the campaign, when those videos resurfaced of him doing these creepy, weird things, um, he recorded a video of a public apology um, and hasn't done that stuff, you know. And I'm not saying that, that it was okay in the past. It, you know, I'm not saying that, that an apology makes it okay. But it shows growth and ability to adapt which is something that the current president lacks. Look, we're not playing with, with, with the full deck here, you know? I don't think there was, there, I don't think Joe, Biden's, Joe Biden was a lot of people our age's first choice. That's definitely for sure. Um, but we gotta, we gotta realize here that, that this is a bridge, you know, to, it's and, a stepping and stone. he says it himself. He says, I'm not the future of the Democratic Party. I'm the bridge to the future, you know? And I think that that's important to remember. This is not, we're not looking for the perfect candidate here. We're looking to get this moron out of office. And I think that, yeah, he's got, a, he's got some, some things. He's got baggage. Ideally, we would have a, a candidate with no baggage. You know, there would be a perfect candidate. Um, I don't think there is, but it's sad that it has to come down between two people who have both been accused of sexual assault. Um, I don't know why that's become the normal, and I hope that it does not become the normal, you know, very soon. Um, but lo- look at the two people, you know, one who brags about 
grabbing women and one who allegedly did it and apologized and, and took it took accountability and grew. Yeah. And I'm again, I just want to clarify Preface. that it is so it is the most terrible thing you can do to to assault anyone. But there's a difference in in, you know, in their character. Good point. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know my full thought on that. I think a big thing for me is accountability. Mm-hmm. And something I kind of want to dive into with Joe and Kamala is accountability. So as you said, obviously, there are a lot of things we can disagree with about Joe Biden and Kamala as a ticket. And you mentioned your full support for Kamala. Mm-hmm. I have some qualms on my personal end for her voting history and things she stood for and so on and so forth. So to get a little bit more of an idea, I wanted to ask you what policies are most important to you. Mm-hmm. And then also following that, what really encouraged you to become civically engaged, to become politically engaged and be outspoken about these things? Um, to be honest, what encouraged me to become this engaged was um, a combination of a few things. Definitely the upsetting results of the last election. Um, I went with my dad to vote and walked out of there saying, wow, we just elected the first female president. And then, you know, this Mm -hmm. happened. Um, And I swore from that day that I would do everything in my power to, in my power, meaning, you know, the the five friends that I have. and But every little step counts. That's one thing we should mention. Every step counts. All of us, we have social media, we have... You know, we're able to have these conversations with our friends, and it takes one baby. Like, you just have to make that effort to have that dialect, have that open conversation in a educated, kind manner, and you can change minds. Yeah, you can. Um, so that's what I, I set out to do, and, and my brother is, you know, very into politics. He's in law school, and I respect—he's—I look up to him, you know, politically, but also just in general more than anyone, um, and so we've—he's— we, kind of taught me a lot and he he has a very 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 um level head about everything you know he's able to see every side of it and then you know he's he is able to present the facts and that you know it's the lawyer in him is able to present the facts and then let me decide how I feel he doesn't say you know he doesn't start something with this is good or this is bad or this is how it should be this is how it shouldn't be he tells me what it is and then we talk about it and I think that that's really developed my, you know, understanding of how to have a productive political conversation and a productive debate um, because it can change minds and it does, which is why they have debates. Um, so, yeah, so I wanted to, you know, and I got a lot of backlash for posting about about my support can for the you, ticket. Yeah, can you expand a little bit on that because we mentioned that multiple times but people who don't follow you on instagram or people who are new mm-hmm. to you might not know exactly what you're talking about yeah so let me plug my instagram Matthew <laughs> um but i decided to my my mom had always told me which is great advice um because i tend to not i tend to open my mouth a lot when i shouldn't um so she always tells me just shut up you know, when you, when you, wow. <laughs> it's, it's simple, but, but great advice and has worked because I often put my foot in my mouth and get myself into trouble. Um, and you know, I've learned over the past couple of years that social media is, is very serious and you know, it's even if you're not trying to, to be a singer songwriter or to be a famous musician, you have a brand and people see you. And you need to present your best self. You have a sort of influence. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, my parents have always said, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't share so many political views. You know, what if, what if one day you're, you're, you know, you're, you're looking for a job, and you know, the person that is hiring you it doesn't have the same political views and looks at your page. And I, I understand, you know, everybody is entitled to their view, and so I just kind of, you know, posted about my music for a while, but something is different now um when trump called nazis quote quote very fine people um i as the grandson of a holocaust survivor couldn't sit there and 
know I couldn't sit there comfortably if I didn't do everything in my you know little Jewish boy from Plainview, New York power to elect then to to get Trump out of office. It feels like complacency. It feels like complacency. Um, and you know I have like two something thousand followers on Instagram. Flex. And I figure if I can, and my post was not directed towards Trump supporters. It wasn't malicious. It was very it was to not, the point. Right. And it wasn't directed towards I'm not I'm not stupid enough to think that <laughs> I'm going to change a Trump supporter's mind. Because if you still support Donald Trump at this mo- at this moment, I I really don't know. I'm not I'm not the person to change your mind. Maybe there's somebody out there who who is as, you know, a better talker, a better debater than I am, but I, I don't have all the facts and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not studying politics. I just, this it is an It puts the one. idea in their head though. It puts it the idea in thinking. their head. So this post was meant for people who are farther left than I am. Um, and I, I hear, the, I hear them and they don't like the ticket, which is understandable. You know, I'm not... I'm not blind to the bad things. I'm not living in some fantasy world where they're the perfect democratic ticket because they're not. Um, They're far from it. But I think that the most important thing now is not to make a point with your vote this year. Oh, yes, I agree. Um, And by that, I mean not to... Vote, vote third party, third party or write, write in, in Bernie. Bernie or not vote to make a point because the stakes are just too high exactly. because I get it. Joe Biden is not your favorite person. He might be your least favorite person or second least to Trump, but he's better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, you might say they're the same. Let me tell you, they are not at all because Joe Biden spends his nights calling on his personal cell phone people that stutter, young people that stutter, telling them how he got through his stutter and how they can get through theirs and that everything's going to be okay and that they're strong. I can't even imagine Donald Trump making one phone call to a little kid to tell them that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. If you aren't aware I, exactly what we're talking about, this was brought up during the DNC yeah. when they brought this boy on to talk about his relationship with Joe Biden and how he has a stutter. So just to give you some context so you don't think we're just, you know, we're like, what Pulling was Joe Biden these, up yeah. to this evening? No, I think yeah, he was so, doing this. Yeah, they did say at the DNC, he spends, Jill Biden said that, his wife, mm-hmm. said he spends his nights on the couch calling people that he met, just talking to them for hours. Yeah. That's who he, he's a, he's a listener. A good moral Person. He's a listener. He he's a good moral person and a listener, and I get it. He's done some bad things. I kind of want to dive into more of the nitty gritty with yeah. that because I think it's important. Because as you said, this is for your post is more for the leftist, mm-hmm. uh, socialist, liberal, which I would say I would put my category into. So I wanted to ask you what your policy was on because a lot of the times when we do make this argument about Joe and Kamala. There's a lot of things that they voted for. And of course, ideas can change. Uh, the society evolves and people change their minds. But there are things where you look at the facts, you look at what they voted on, you look at what they did in their position of power. And my argument is, I think it's great that we have a woman of color. I think it's great that Joe Biden will be a stepping stone to more progressive and to more you know, equality with just, just within our community, within our society. But that doesn't mean we can't hold them accountable. Right. And at the end of the day, there is a divide between the Democratic Party and people will go back and forth about this, but it's not the time, like you said, to make a statement or make a point because we need to come together at this time to make the little bit of change we can. I shouldn't say little bit because it will be a vast difference from the president we have right now. But I want to ask you what your thoughts are with a big argument when Kamala was announced as VP was her previous voting history and relationship with the LGBT community, specifically with the transgender community. I want to ask specifically your policy because I want to see where, you know, just so we get an idea of where you stand and what you are most strongly for and what you believe in. And so Kamala has a pretty, uh, 
I don't want to say wishy-washy, but it, in, in my view, as, at times it can appear as if she is a Democrat running with Republican stances, and she has voted against uh, things that, or voted for things that harm the transgender community specifically, like putting trans women in a men's prison, and then also putting people in jail. As you know, she has a history with the police and with everything going on, we are really pushing for uh, personally, I think we should abolish the police, but reform is, but I will say Biden and Kamala look into, I will link something below that has their views. I think it's so important to read up on it. It has some good stuff in there. And I do agree with a lot of the things that Biden is saying for right now, but that doesn't mean we can't hold them accountable. So I just wanted to ask you a bit on that. Yeah, sure. So look, Kamala Harris's job was a prosecutor. Um, and as that, as a prosecutor, you don't make the law, you enforce the law. So it was not it wasn't her job. And I, you know, I'm not defending the law here um, because oftentimes the law is corrupt and that's why it needs to be changed. Um, But I do know that and I I don't I don't know everything about Kamala Harris's voting history, but I do know that um, a lot of the things that she enforced um, were were her job. Like criminalization of weed charges. Yes. So that's another thing. So. In the state of California, when she was attorney general or prosecutor, I'm not exactly. I, I know she, she was, was a, both. Attorney but general, yeah. Yeah, she was. Um, I'm, and again, I'm not. I'm not the most, you know, yeah, all-knowing let, person on politics. Let's do a little preface that Matt and I are two <laughs> music school. This is students. an interest, a hobby of this ours. This is a little conversation. We're both vocal. We're both singers <laughs> who like to talk about politics, <laughs> who go to a music school. So, just giving you a little preface, so you're not like this is what Matt and Rachel said. Do we your are research, not get educated. Do your own research. Do your own this research, is but our also, opinions. Yeah, we also want to preface that we're not just pulling this. Yeah, we we do our research, nowhere. but please do your own research. It's fun. Another thing, it's fun to get educated. It's fun to know what you're talking about so to fun. read up. So, anyways, continue. Um. So yeah. So in the state of California, which has about 40 million people, when she was in charge of of putting people in jail for for marijuana possession, um, I believe it was uh 1.5 thousand people were put in jail in a state of 40 million, which is, like, absurdly low. And I understand that one is too high. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to look at her leniency with that stuff. You can't just look at the fact that she did it. She did do it because that was her job. I will give her that early on. And I'm not just, like, super anti-Kamla. I can hear how no, that I would sounds love, like. No, I want to hear, like, yeah, all the... Yeah, I can the, hear how that sounds like yeah. I'm coming off as I'm just here to be cynical. But as a woman of color... I think it's great that, you, especially for little girls, to see representation. I mean, let me tell you, I went on a whole thing last week because Disney is releasing the first Southeast Asian princess. And to me, I can't express how much joy that brought because it's someone who looks like me. Having someone in the public view who looks like you makes, it just feels different. It feels great to be represented. It feels like you're being seen and like you're taking up space. And so when I feel like a lot of us are critical of Kamala, it's because, yes, we see that this is great, this is a time for, you know, representation, it's great to have a woman, and a woman of color, a black woman, uh, you know, on a ticket, but at the same time, it feels like it's at a cost. It's at a cost because she's directly affected so many marginalized groups, so many black and brown communities, especially when it comes to criminalization, because she put these people in jail, and then during one of the debates... It was brought up how she may have done some obstruction of justice to where she's held them in prisons for labor for longer than they were sentenced to. And there's a lot more you can divulge into that. So I think it's just important to hold them accountable. And with Joe Biden and Kamala, I think that is a smart ticket because I think they will bounce off of each other well. And if you go and you read through this article, which I will link in the show notes about Joe Biden's policy there are things where he has changed his mind on which are great and which are like taking people out of jail who were criminalized for weed and when it comes to just a bunch of grand scheme things i think it's really important you should read up on that but we we are you know we are here to kind of as you know 18 19 20 something year olds we're going to be the ones in power eventually, so we need to be aware of our specific beliefs and what we stand for, and that we can't just let the, D, the, the DNC, the Democratic Party, just as an establishment, 
you know, kind of overpower as we saw a lot of people who supported Bernie slowly go over towards Biden when the DNC started to back Biden a little bit more. And uh, I, I mean, I could divulge into that, but I'm going a little off topic. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to speak about what I don't know, uh, like fully. Mm -hmm. So I, that's something that I want to research now is the, you know, the, the Tulsi Kamala debate moment. Oh, um, yeah. I've seen it, that's but I, I have not like researched it. Um, but I do know that it's important to look at the progression of Kamala Harris's career mm -hmm. from prosecutor to attorney general to senator. So she also refused to enforce the death penalty, which got immense backlash from the DNC, but she still did it. It made her politically unpopular, but she did it because, you know, she yeah. didn't believe there it. There are some progressive things that she right. has stood for since the early 2000s, like when it comes to gay marriage. Right. She's been a she, big proprietor for that. She officiated the first gay wedding in the state yes. of California. Um, which is also just for show. You know, I'm not blind to that, but it it is for show. It shows that it's she cares. It's this line where a lot of times when I think politicians, it's like, are you doing this for show? Are you doing this because you genuinely care? And even if it is for show, does it help us? It's like there's always this give and take as the public. We never know what's happening, but does it help us in the long run? Yes, because it's making it normalized, which I don't even like using the word normalized, which we've talked about in like the ableist episode because that's just who they are that's their daily life right. that's their you know that should be their right in my personal opinion but. yeah and i don't i don't even think that 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 should be political like i said before and, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and an opinion to human rights but it's been so if, could you imagine if if somebody said oh i don't think straight people should get married like that's that's disgusting <laughs> if like if straight people weren't allowed to get married for until, you know, the Obama administration yeah. legalized straight marriage. I can't believe that's only been, I think, four years since gay marriage was legalized, maybe Something, five. Yeah. It was when we were in, like, eighth grade. Mm -hmm. I remember going on Ask FM and people were, I don't know if Ask FM was big where you lived, but it was, like, really big in middle school mm -hmm. and back in Texas. And Ask FM was just blowing up because people would ask each other, like, what do you think about gay marriage? What are your thoughts on it? And that's where people would bring it to the table like they'd be like well like this is what ties in with my religious belief and this is why i believe this and such and such forth but it's so funny and you know i'm jewish but i do know the bible you know mm -hmm. it teaches you to be a good person it teaches you to i believe like something like love yourself love thy neighbor as yourself is that isn't that one of the the lines in the bible or something i believe the so commandments? love thy Love thy neighbor uh, as thyself. Something, something <laughs> to that effect about loving your neighbor. A hot minute. <laughs> loving your neighbor as yourself. I know for a fact that that's one of the the big things that the yes. Bible teaches us. And by ta by, first of all, if you are against gay marriage, what like, it doesn't affect it's, you. It's it's not it's nothing. It has nothing to do with you. Definitely. What is it? What does it matter if two people are allowed to get married that love each other? Mm -hmm. Like I don't. But that's that's off the topic. Yeah, um, we can that's, we that's can go into. I mean, I feel like you and I could have a whole yeah, multi-episode situation where we talk about you know we go into religion, abortion, gay rights, everything. Oh, yeah. um, but back to Kamala Harris, um, she then becomes a senator. Who, as I mean, the job of a senator is to vote on bills and write bills. And, you know, she was, a, she was a champion in the foreclosure crisis, which obviously helped minority communities. Um, I mean, she comes from two minority communities, mm -hmm. which, which obviously, as we know, doesn't necessarily mean that you've been, you know, uh, discriminated against yourself, although most likely she has. Um, she came from two immigrants and um, I'm assuming did not have it easy growing up as yeah. the, the daughter of of, you know, a woman from India and a man from, I believe, Jamaica. Mm -hmm. um, but and she did reinstate, or I, I don't know if she reinstated or she began that relief program where they helped people who to kind of grow back into the community, become more active, become more involved. Right. So and there are some, some really great things that she has done, and I'm not denying that at all. And it's so important to look at the past of these, of these political, you know, people like these senators and these, these candidates, because that's what we have to base it off of. Mm -hmm. But it's also so important to listen to what they're saying now. Her speech at the DNC shows what she wants to do. You know, like she, she's, she's looking to help minority communities. Whether that's what she did in the past or not, that's what she's looking to do now. So let's give that a chance 
rather than somebody that we know is looking to hurt hurt minority communities. Mm-hmm. And it might sound, you know, like, oh, easy for you to say coming from me as a white male, but it's just, it's it, it boggles my mind how there could still be undecided voters, how people can sit back and say, I'm not voting because it's not the perfect candidate. Nothing is perfect. We need to compromise. I get it. I really do. I get that you have problems with, you know, like, I get that people, have, when I say you, I don't mean you yeah. per se. I mean people who, who are thinking of not voting. yeah. <laughs> but look at what's at stake here. You have people chanting 12 more years now, which people say, oh, the Holocaust could never happen in America. This is how it started. Mm-hmm. And you can say, you could say it didn't happen. You could say all yeah. these things, but it did. And it, I know it did because I don't have any family because my grandfather's family was all killed. Um, and this is how it started. This is exactly how it started. Germany was, you know, a, a fairly democratic country. Then this guy came into power who was able to, you know, rally his, his, his group until they got strong enough to, you know, to bring him to dictatorship authoritarianism. And that is the direction that Trump is going. He, I mean, look at the RNC. He used the White House. He used federally funded property, yeah. violating the yeah. Hatch Act, as political prop. He had Trump fireworks flashing above the Washington Monument. I mean, at what point are we going to say this is ridiculous? I mean, he was impeached. Yeah, he, I forgot he about that. Obviously, <laughs> colluded with Russia. He could say no collusion all we all we want, but Russia meddled with our election. They're looking to do it again. And he's now meddling with our election because he's defunding the USPS. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things that when people say Trump and Biden are the same, it, it really annoys me because they stand for the complete 180 opposite things. So what are your thoughts when people do try to hold the Democratic ticket accountable? Do you think it is okay that we are bringing up these past I think it's issues? so important to because... Do you because think that... Because sometimes, honestly, when I looked at your Instagram and from before we were back in person together, I was like, oh... Matt is so pro-Biden, he doesn't want to talk about or hold accountable what was happening in the past. And that is a little naive of me to say, just from basing off of social media. Right. No, I, I think it's so important to hold these people accountable because if we don't, we are the people. We, the people who elect the, the people to yeah, serve the us. People. It's their job to serve us. Mm-hmm. So we need to hold them accountable to what we want. And it's so important to do that. And it's so important to not be naive and say they're perfect because they're so far from it. Mm-hmm. What, the only thing I'm saying is that this ticket is light years better than Trump-Pence. Yes. I'm not saying that... I'm, and my post was talking about the good things because we need... I think, yes, it's so important to look at the bad things after they win. Because then we need to... As Somebody actually just reached out to me on Twitter. Um, somebody who was considering voting Green Party, and we had a little debate, um, and said, like, I get what you're saying. He said to me, I get what you're saying, and we do need to elect Biden, but then we need to bully him for the next four years into doing what... I'm and down he's, for that. he's right. You know, it's not... This is not like, okay, we won when we elect Biden. It doesn't end. It doesn't end. Mm-mm. That's, the, that's the important thing. And I don't want people to think that I think that Biden is the best candidate and that I think that we win when we when we elect him. It is a, ma- it is a major it win. It is a because, jumps forward. Because anything... It's so sickening that people can actually talk about Trump's policy before looking past the bed of, you know, hate, racism, mm-hmm. sexism. Bla- and out in the open, he doesn't even try to hide it. And neither did his supporters. You know, screaming the N-word yeah. at his rallies. Like, look at those videos of the of the Nazis saying Jews will not replace us. And he said that those were very fine people. He refused to condemn the acts of a 17-year-old murderer who killed two protesters the other week. Yeah. You know, just look at... I mean, if you're still undecided or you're still not planning on not voting, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris called them. Not that it... I mean, not that it... Not that the call makes all the difference, but it's a big sign of who you are. They Humanity. called. They called the, uh, Jacob Blake's family, right after the the tragedy happened, right after he was shot seven times in the back. Trump never called. Um, in an interview on CNN and MSNBC with Jacob Blake's father, 
Um, he kept referring to him as President Biden and Vice President Harris. Um, and when asked by Anderson Cooper if he would have, if he, Anderson Cooper said, would you like Trump to call you? And his father said, that guy should have called me days ago when, you know, my son was shot seven times in the back. But it's, it's too late now. Yeah. And then Trump went to Kenosha after being told not to by the officials there, only to stir more hate, not to visit the family. Joe Biden, that was his first stop when he went there. Like, we see where these people's priorities are. We see where Trump's priorities are, and we see where Biden's priorities are. Look, look at George Floyd's family. George Floyd's family spoke at the DNC. Biden called, Biden called their family and, you know, had a, had a long conversation. And this, is, this was either George Floyd's brother or father, I can't remember exactly who said this. I believe it was his brother. Um, I think it was his brother um, who said that Trump called him for a minute, talked at him, and hung up. That's not who we need as president. We need somebody who, when a black man is murdered by a cop, to say, we need police reform. Mm-hmm. We need change. Not not to make your slogan now, defend the police. <laughs> also, something that bothers me is the phrase, the phrase, defund the police, because it's a misleading phrase. Defend or defund? Defund. Defund. It's a misleading phrase because a lot of people think that it means oh, get rid that of it's police the same as all. abolish the police. Yeah. It's not. Mm-mm. Defund the police is a reallocation of, of militaristic funds into mental health services through oh, the police department mm-hmm. and education services through the police department. So there that are other way, people who can be doing these jobs that have just fallen completely on police. Exactly. So that way, if somebody is having a mental health crisis and you know does something dangerous as a result, it's not a cop who shows up on the scene. It's a trained mental health professional who can actually help them through the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's happened. They've they've already it, defunded yeah. the police in multiple mm-hmm. areas. I believe it's in Connecticut, and crime rate has gone down. And so it's shown that we can do this. And that's not look. There are many ways to do everything. That's not the only way. There are other ways. And I I I hope that we're able to you know figure out a way to make the 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 justice system work for all of us and not just, you know, white males. But the Biden does not support defund the police. He has said many times he supports police reform in his own way. Um, but he also condemns violence of any kind. And he, you know, right away said that, spoke out about that, that 17-year-old murderer who killed two protesters. Yeah. Trump said, we're looking into it. Anytime, my friend, my friend Kevin just tweeted um, that anytime, it's something to the effect of like, anytime Trump has opinions on everything and he's outspoken about everything, literally from, you know, he'll sp- he speaks about, about Goya beans to, to Alec Baldwin's impersonation of him on SNL. But when it comes to white supremacy, he's always looking into it. He's very quiet when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. So let's get that guy out and elect somebody who is not a white supremacist Mm -hmm. and somebody who authored the violence against women act rather than grab bragging about grabbing women by the pussy it's ridiculous that our that our president even said that and that that didn't matter to voters how can how do you want like your daughter growing up in that world? The more vile things he says, the more outrageous you know remarks he makes against you know like the kung flu and like China the virus. Era. Yeah, it's it, so easy to say coronavirus or COVID, but he chooses to say China virus, which tells me that he is doing it to fire to up incite, his fan base to incite yes. to incite violence and hatred. Because it feels like every time he makes a remark like this. It, the, it gets it stirring, and it feels like people are supporting him more, mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. It's just beyond me. At this point, I don't know how he's gone this far. And I lost my And the fact that it's this... Yes, the polls are showing Joe Biden winning. And but the that was what it was in 2016, too. Yeah, I That's mean, what makes me Biden, Biden's winning by a lot more, and in more states mm-hmm. than Hillary was. But it's it shouldn't even be this close. Like, how is it... How are people still voting for him? Yeah. And... I mean, the fundraising numbers are great. Biden just broke, like, every record possible with his August fundraising numbers. But it's just, it's too close. I don't think Trump has said Black Lives Matter one time. He All he did when he called them a terrorist group. Mm. Yet Biden and Harris 
say it at the end of every video they put out now. Um, they we like to see. They, and look, Biden has recently taken a very harsh stance on very harsh meaning like very solid strong. and strong stance on the looting and rioting, and on the the violence that is happening in the country. Whereas Trump uses it as political prop. That's a very important point. I'm glad you brought that up. I, and look, I'm not, I don't, it's my, it's, it's my personal opinion that, that violence is never the answer. But again, I'm not, I'm not a marginalized group and I can never imagine how I would react if my, I mean, I'm obviously furious because for, mm-hmm. for my black friends and family and, you know, family meaning loved yes. ones. Mm-hmm. But it's, I'm, I don't, it's just so mind-boggling that you could use that as a political prop, you know, and you could think whatever you want about, it's not my place to, to say, to tell people how to protest. I think, I, my, in my opinion, peaceful protest is the answer, but people feel like that's not enough. And the president is, the president loves it. He loves the violence that's happening in the streets. And he will say anything he can to cause more of it and more of it until our entire country is is just in shambles. Because then people then that that incites his, his fan base. Yeah. It's just the the most like demonic thing that you could do. I think for a lot of Trump supporters I don't think they know what Trump's policy is. I don't think they stand behind it. I think they like Trump as a persona, as a personality. Yes, I completely agree. They see agree. him as a character and they think, wow, he's like us. He's going to help us. When in reality, you're not saved. You're not, Especially when it comes to marginalized groups. If you are a person of color, if you are LGBT and you support Trump, he wants to get rid of all of us. I hope you all know that. He doesn't like us here. And I think on you know more of a community ground the people who are around us in our cities in our homes who are trump supporters when trump got elected and how he's just been treating america and how his following has just acted it just makes them more comfortable with being racist with being sexist and all the ists and isms Mm -hmm. so uh i think it's important Obviously, this whole premise of this podcast is that we have these disagreements about, you know, the Democratic Party with Biden, with Kamala. But at the end of the day, you need to go vote Democratic. You need to go vote for Biden. Because I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I know some people in my life who I may be closeted Trump supporters, who are maybe I know some vocal Trump supporters who claim to love me, who claim to be my friends, who claim that they care so much about me. You can't claim to love me as a person who is of color, who is a woman, and actively work against me by voting for Trump. You are directly hurting so many people who you claim to love, who you claim to care about, if you vote for Trump. Also, um, one of the things I said about Trump in my post is that he's anti-Semitic or has made anti-Semitic remarks, and somebody said... How can he be anti-Semitic? His daughter's Jewish. While it's true that Ivanka is married to Jared Kushner, is Jewish, that's the equivalent of saying he has black friends. Mm-hmm. That does not mean anything. When you call Nazis very fine people, you are racist, you are anti-Semitic. And you are actively hurting that you community are actively because hurting you are that inciting community. violence for people. You know, those Trump supporters, for it to become more normalized to be anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. But... Enough about Trump because I know we're not going to reach the Trump supporters. Yes. I think we should talk more about Biden and Harris and yes. the political and this the Biden episode. The if you're a Trump supporter, welcome. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you've gone <laughs> this far in the episode. Thank you. And I respect you for listening, and yeah. I appreciate you for listening. But like this post, I believe this episode is mostly for Democrats who kind of want to hear both sides of because mm-hmm. I feel like we're kind of on the different ends yeah. of the democratic spectrum if that makes sense but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you know we can't have a good educational friendly conversation about it and something that i've realized too is that your views can 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 go all over mm-hmm. like 
Uh, when I started strongly supporting Warren and looking into more of her policies as a progressive, I started, you know, saying, wow, this makes sense. You know, like this, I started looking at, at reparations, mm-hmm. which is something that I had never thought about before because I was uneducated on it. I thought that it would just send, you know, like, like cash or checks to, to minority families or black families. And now learning about it, it, you know, I'm I'm more open to other things, you know, like voting for people who support different things. Yeah. So there's no like I have I have progressive views. I have liberal views. I have moderate views. And I'm sure that somewhere deep inside me, there are some Republican views. But progressive views don't sound that outrageous once you take it out of the spectrum of exactly, Republican like, and conservative. Listen, should should everyone have access to free health care? Obviously. Yes. <laughs> should, should everybody be able to get a free education? Yes, yes, of course. That's one thing. I am very excited for the buying ticket is he believes that there should be two years of higher education for free. Yeah. And, and that teachers should be paid more. And a public, a public um, education for free. Yes. Um, he also, for, those vote, for the health care voters, um, I know Bernie's big on Medicare for All. And Warren also, and AOC, and the progressive the progressive movement is big on Medicare yeah, for all. Biden doesn't want Medicare for all. But. Biden <laughs> Biden does want Medicare for all. Really? The Biden the Biden medic the Biden healthcare plan is to have is to have a public option a public a public government funded option, so you'd be able to get on a plan, but you can also keep your private option if okay. you prefer. Um, whereas the other thing is getting rid of the private insurance companies. Um, ah, okay. I'm yeah. glad you divulged that bit more because yeah. what I had read was that he is against Medicare for all, but he is positive about expanding it. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's, an it's expansion on the Affordable Care Act on Obamacare, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I know we're not talking about Trump, but Trump says he's getting rid of Obamacare, and then um, tries to claim that he. Uh, tries to take credit for it. Um, yeah. Um, so that's another thing. But it was really Biden's administration that did it. Yeah. So I have two closing questions for you. First of all, I want to thank you for just coming to this conversation thank and being so open-minded and just for... T- I just It makes me so happy that I have friends who are so willing to talk about these things, to have these, uh, you know, conversations because it takes one. And we can truly make a difference, I feel like, especially with our generation. And so, with that, my first question for you is, what do you want to see in the future? Well, I would like to see... um, I'd like to see the country move towards a more progressive way of thinking. I would like to see... um, I would like to see female officials and presidents be normalized. Um, And I would like to see equality and equity for everybody and yes. I think that, that I think that that starts with with people being I think it starts with people being willing to give up some of their views for others compromise and that goes all goes I back to I think discourse is very healthy especially when it comes to politics there's a reason why we have two parties there's a reason why there are different sides to the Democratic Party because we need to have opposing views that's how we keep each other in check exactly accountability and I think that you know, to be fiscally conservative and 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 socially liberal is is a common thing. And I think though that at some point there's a line where human far. rights outweighs the economy. Mm-hmm. And I think that you need to put everybody, the many before the one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's hard for a lot of people because for a lot of lower class people and for a lot of upper class people, because upper class people are you know, have a lot of money, don't want to get rid of their money. And lower class people don't have the money to support, you know, to pay the taxes that it would take to, you know, to start reparations, for example. Yeah. Or So that's why they might not support things like that. But I think it's important. So my last question for you, which I try to ask all my guests, but I honestly forget a lot, is what is your dream? And this can be completely unrelated to our whole discussion this evening. It can be, you know, what is your dream when it comes to your job or what you want to do in your future, what you see yourself being and what kind of impact you want to make? Well, my dream is to write songs. Yes. And be able to live, you know, get a sustainable salary from doing that. 
um, and hopefully have a big enough platform to continue to do the, the, the talking that I love about politics um, and hopefully see my brother and people like him, you know, up there and, you know, running for president making and running difference. for senators, making differences. And I, I hope to see p- young people like, like us talking about this more because it's so important and it's not talked about enough. It's considered taboo and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It should be open and talked yeah. about. And I want to do that. I want to have a platform to share my music, but also to share my stories and political views. Yes, I love that a lot, and I couldn't agree more. Thank you for coming on today to Rachel Profiling. Thank you for having me. Guys, follow Matt. Can you give him your at? Yeah, at Matthew Orgel, O-R-G-E-L. Yes, and go listen to his music because... Honestly, truthfully, I love it so much. He showed me some of his songs last night, and there's a lot of exciting things coming, so go support, go show some love, and I will see you all next week for another episode of Rachel Profiling. Bye!